This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to-market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Antoine, and I'll be your host today for this Global Ambitions podcast episode. And my guest today is Kara Warburton, who is a terminology management consultant. And surprisingly, the topic today is going to be around terminology and what is really terminology. Kara, welcome to the program. Thank you, Antoine. It's a great pleasure for me to participate in this podcast series. So let me get started right away. I am a translator, a linguist, tech writer. I've been involved in the translation and localization and content management industry for many years, several decades, in fact. But my primary interest is on managing terminology. One of the greatest misconceptions I find when people hear me talk about terminology is people feel that terminology is something highly specialized. They go, oh, terminology, that's like medical terminology or legal terminology or, you know, engineering terms, that kind of thing. And they they kind of sideline it because they say, well, you know, we don't have so much terminology in our company. We just uh, have normal language. Uh, It doesn't really concern us and, and this kind of thing. And so this is the greatest misconception because... Nowadays, uh, terminology is about what I call micro content. It's no longer perceived as something in specialized domains or topic areas, but it traverses all language. And it basically refers to uh, considering language at the level of its smallest repurposable or reusable unit. And that is like perhaps a word or a couple of words that go together. Now, this type of unit, this small pieces of language, is smaller than any other segment of language that we're actually managing today in terms of, for example, translation memories. If you are working with an LSP and you are having your content translated, most likely they are using a computer-assisted translation tool, which includes translation memories. And those pieces of reusable text are usually at the length of a segment that's a full sentence or almost a full sentence. What terminology is, is it's an approach of managing language at much smaller segments or units. And that's why I like to refer to it as micro content as opposed to terminology. When we say terminology, people automatically think of those specialized concepts. But We have to get away from that and we have to broaden our perspective and consider terminology any piece of sub-segment level text that can be managed in a certain way. And by managing these small units, you are achieving a high level of repurposability and clarity and consistency in your organization. So this is my perception of terminology. It's not specialized concepts alone. It's also anything that if you manage in a certain way can bring benefit to your company or your organization in terms of, for example, accuracy of content, consistency, reuse, productivity increases, and repeatability of content, and so forth. Yeah, I was going to ask about that repeatability. So is there kind of an analogy here in terms of reusing or repurposing content the same way we look in a translation memory or maybe data XML, for instance? Exactly. Like we already have the concept of translation memory that's been around for decades. And in recent years now, we've sort of shifted also towards the concept of authoring memory, where technical writers can use database of strings of text in the source language 
and where possible or where desirable, reuse those segments. And that type of managing segment level or sentence level text, it does bring the organization a lot of benefits in terms of saved production costs and saved translation costs, increased consistency. You know, you don't retranslate things that you've translated before. You don't rewrite things that you've written before. And of course, this has been enabled by the advent of XML formats such as DITA or, you know, TMX and those kinds of formats. And that's all well and good. But we've reached the saturation point with that level of reusability. We have to go to the next level now, which is sub-segment mm -hmm. level content, the smaller bits of information that can be reused, repurposed, re-leveraged in many different ways and in many different languages. And I must say that any organization or, or company that is going global really has to think about this because the repurposing potential of this micro-content is even greater much greater than the repurposing and you know benefits potential that you get from authoring memory or translation memory. And so do you see in your life as a consultant and working with various organizations and corporations there, do you see those companies now evolving towards adopting this kind of approach with terminology, with the micro content approach, and therefore uh, how does it affect their business? Yeah, once an organization it has deployed, let's say, an XML authoring platform such as DITA and is using computer-assisted translation tools that integrate translation memory and authoring memory, the next logical step is to go deeper. And many companies are already doing that. And certainly the large, you know, Fortune 500 companies are, are certain, right. have been doing terminology management. And again, you have to be careful of the word terminology. It's not just specialized concepts we're talking about here, but they are managing their micro content in dedicated databases and repurposing that across the organization, not just in translation, but also in authoring, marketing, search engine optimization. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways that these little pieces of micro content can be leveraged. Indexing, meta tagging of content, you know, automatic content classification, taxonomies and ontologies of the organization's content and products and so on. It's just mind boggling where you can go with this. Mm -hmm. So I, I can cite, for example, as examples of organizations that have been doing this for a long time. Of course, IBM, Microsoft, SAP, you know, Hewlett Packard. I could go on and on. These are companies that have been doing this already for quite some time. And you see those companies are doing really that micro content approach as opposed to what you were talking about earlier on, that misconception of labeling content based on their domain of expertise, whether it is like legal or HR or financial, for instance. Yes, we have to ex extend our notion of what a term is as opposed to a ordinary word. First of all, terms, well, they can be a single word or they can be a multi-word expression such as uh, access control list is a three-word term, right? But it's still a term. So we have these units of content that can be a single word. I call that a token or a unigram. And then you have uh, two-word terms, which are bigrams, three-word terms, which are trigrams, and so on. And interestingly enough, the bigrams, the two-word terms, and to some extent, the three-word terms are of ultimate importance for re-leveraging and repurposing potential because they reoccur over and over in an organization. They have to be translated in certain fixed ways. They have variants like acronyms and abbreviations, and it just goes on and on. The repurposing of this content, which goes beyond, as I said, authoring and translation, it opens up a huge amount of opportunities. And it means that the, the investment in terminology management is a no-brainer. I mean, 
you get much more out of your investment than you put in, like uh, in terms of uh, leveraging. And some organizations now are realizing this and they're beginning to approach terminology management more than just part of their translation or localization process. It goes much beyond that. It touches upon their marketing and it touches upon, for example, their SEO, their search engine optimization, how to get their search to work better than just if you leave your micro content randomly out of control, then um, you you don't have as good search results in Google and other search engines. And I was going to ask actually, what are the risks that you're seeing with those corporations if they decide to ignore terminology or micro content uh, that way? And how does it affect their business? Yeah, that's a very good point. Basically, if you don't manage your micro content, and by that, I mean, you know, you have to have a strategy, you have to have uh, linguists involved who know a little bit of what they're doing. You should have a dedicated database and be able to connect that database to external systems. So that's a whole micro content strategy um, package, if you will. If you don't do that, then you're just letting these words and expressions just sort of happen sort of haphazardly or randomly in your company's content. And that can lead to a lot of inconsistencies. It's quite a risky situation to be in because you have a lot of inconsistencies, not just in your source content, source language content, but in all the translated versions inconsistencies reduces content retrievability, it reduces search optimization, it adds translation costs because inconsistent source content reduces the leverage of translation memories. It could impact customer satisfaction, it weakens the brand image, it goes on and on. I, I mean, that's the whole, that question sort of reaches into developing a business case for managing micro content, which of course I've been doing for a long time and I have a lot of ideas, but uh, it does reach out to more, as I'm trying to say, more than just the translation part of your business, but all sorts of other areas. So it's not just inconsistencies between your UI and your manual or your support documentation, but it's also affecting directly your business from a marketing and SEO perspective from your point of view. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I also would like to mention that Achieving consistency reduces production and translation costs. So we're talking about saving money here as well. Saving money and probably actually creating opportunities to generate revenue if you're using it in your SEO strategy, I guess. Exactly. I mean, we've seen the search results vastly improve when the right keywords are infused in the web content. Translators, uh, tech writers and translators don't realize this. They're not SEO experts. So we need to provide them with support to introduce in a web page the right keywords that would help increase the ranking of the web page in search results. Very good. And do you see a difference in approach from the more traditional uh, companies that you've mentioned before, the IBM or HP of this world, versus the newer uh, organization that we've seen evolve, like from Google to Facebook or Amazon, for instance? Is there a different approach to this micro content from those companies? I don't think so. I think any company that is global has the same challenges and the same desires and wants. I do think there can be a difference according to the technology that they're using to produce their content. And so I I do believe that companies that have gone to XML are at a much greater advantage in leveraging their micro content than companies that are remaining, you know, in Microsoft Word, for example, as their production platform. So it's necessary to move towards XML as your entire content production and translation platform for sure. 
Okay. We have, for example, extensions of DITA. There's an extension of DITA called ITS, Internationalization Tag Set, which allows you to infuse in knowledge in your content that supports the downstream localization process and also supports management of micro content. So that's why I say XML is important because it provides more options, if you will, for managing the micro content at the point of creation. Okay. Well, I think this is a very fascinating topic and a great introduction for our listeners in this case and into that misconception that you described, you know, of what terminology is versus this micro content uh, approach and the impact it has on many parts of your business. And I think it'd be interesting to have potentially a follow-up session where we look at what are the biggest challenges that those organizations are facing when they're setting up their micro content? What kind of of a faux pas should they uh, really try to avoid? And what are some of the biggest successes that you may have seen with terminology and micro content implementation in this case? Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.